0: Hello ladies and welcome back to the Sister Talk podcast. Uh, this is just me to you, talking to you today from my home office. I've been so blessed to have a day off of my regular work at the Impact Bible School. And so now Mondays are my Sister Talk days, which is such a blessing to be able to give all my time and attention to you and uh, reply to your emails and follow up um blog comments and organize meetings with you. So that's just really nice and ah oh, I just feel I just feel so uh, honored that I have this opportunity now to really give my heart and time uh, to sister talk. actually not just Mondays but half of Fridays as well. I am making myself available to uh, not so much, create content but more to reply to you or to organize mentor and coaching meetings so to those of you who have already um, been messaging me uh, or meeting with me I am so honored to to be trusted by you and to journey with you it's just um, you know it's such an encouraging thing for me to see uh your lives just blossom in front of me you know to see some of you women just um oh that was my phone don't mind that I'll put it on silent some women that I've had the pleasure of talking to um they have experienced upgrades in in the way they see the possibilities and doors that they could be walking through um I don't want to give too much details away because I really protect the privacy but Uh, One woman has uh, had a dream for over a decade, I think, for quite some time at least, uh, to pursue a certain career, um, but certain personal things held her back. And uh, after, I think we've had four meetings, and just the look on her face when she began to realize that this dream is actually possible, That was just so rewarding for me, and you know, it's just so beautiful to to see your lives uh, impacted by truth, to see freedom entering into your lives and mindsets, and we have Jesus to thank that for, so praise you God, this is beautiful. So today, I am here, I'm alone, I'm not with my husband, I have my cup of tea, and I just wanted to have some girl talk with whoever is listening. Um... A few weeks ago, we had this wonderful topic of modesty come up, and we wrestled with it. We shared different sides and opinions. Um, We, um, yeah, if you want to see, I think I've made a highlight reel on the Instagram account where you can see what other women shared and what they thought. And uh, also, we made a podcast on this topic, and I've Uh, written down a little blog post to kind of summarize what we were hitting at and yeah and in this whole conversation of modesty I took myself on a a little heart inventory I guess you could call it where I just asked myself you know why do I like dressing modestly and what is it about it that I'm I'm okay with you know because, you know, there is a, another side of my life um, years before where I um, I dressed modestly because of fear, actually, not because of self-respect, but actually I was afraid of being seen uh, in a sexual way that I was not wanting to be seen as, you know, I was afraid of men sexualizing me, I was afraid of um, my body parts, to be honest, I just didn't know what, I had no Uh, really good healthy teaching on relating to my body and so I actually dressed in modesty uh, modestly out of fear and shame rather than uh, self-respect and so I've had my own my own story and I'm sure I'll be able to share more with you in detail but um, yeah the I guess the reasoning for in a nutshell for my shame was uh, a lack of teaching on how to relate to my body in a healthy way and sexuality, and then also just just certain incidences that um, communicated to me that men really do only want one thing, and the men who communicated these messages to me were, of course, not uh, not not good uh, examples or anything like that. Um, they were. Men of the world, men who I didn't even know, men who made rude comments in the street or things that just um, communicated a message to me like, you're a woman, so I can sexualize you, which is absolute, that's just not true. That's so bad. And uh, yeah, I don't want to go deeply into that now, but basically the Lord has taken me on a beautiful journey of, hey, this is actually what I intended for womanhood and your body is beautiful. And when I made you, I made something good. I did not make something shameful. I did not make a problem. I did not make a stumbling block for men. I made something beautiful. And so fast forward a few years, here I am now. I'm a married woman. I love uh, I love being a woman. I'm very comfortable in my femininity. And I'm married to the most beautiful husband who really makes space for my heart as a woman. Um, and I'm just so blessed by Felix. It's just a beautiful marriage. And so, all that to say that today on this little podcast, I actually wanted to talk about my why for modesty. Um, not so much talking about um, mo- um, how could we say like not not so much the why for respect for others, but I wanted to talk a little bit about respect for self and my um, appreciation for elegance as a woman. And for men, I love elegance. Elegance is a great thing. Elegance is just a key word that I love to pursue, to be honest. In my life, I like to make space for elegance because elegance is something that communicates value, it communicates self-respect, it, res- it communicates dignity, and it, it has a um, like a royal... Um, it has a certain royalty element to it. Let's say that. Um, so we're talking about elegance today and modesty. And so that is actually my core, uh, not my core, but one of my drives for how I dress is actually I'm pursuing um, elegance and um, not just in my how I dress but in how I behave, how I speak with people, how I manage my life. Elegance is just, I think, a word that for me sums up who I want to, um, bring to the world as who I am and how I want to bring myself to the world. And I think, you know, regardless of your background, if you're a farm girl or if you're a city slicker, you know, elegance is something we can all embrace, um, in our own way because it, it, it ultimately reflects our nature as, you know, the royal daughters of God. Um, I was following this woman on social media who talks a lot about elegance, actually, and um, how to um, how to present yourself. She uses the word expensively, you know, to look expensive. Um, and I would translate that in my own Christian uh, worldview as how to communicate that you are a woman of value. You know, you value yourself and you value others, um, which is... Um, Something this woman has, has spoken a little, little bit about and, you know, and, and in with that bringing in the topic of etiquette, you know, if you don't know what etiquette is, it's basically um, politeness, social politeness, you know, um, certain things you don't do in public like burping or, um, you know, holding a door open for a woman if you're a man is good etiquette or not putting your elbows on the table is good etiquette. And why why does etiquette exist? Etiquette exists to create a sense of respect for the person you're with and also to communicate respect toward yourself. And I think that um, for us, gaining a certain respect for ourselves is going to be um, really pivotal in how in, in, in how we put our outfits together and how we dress, how we present ourselves. And I think that for some of us, maybe the question we need to ask ourselves is, um, do I respect myself? Do I have self-respect? Self-respect doesn't just manifest in how you dress, but how you treat yourself, how you feed yourself, how you, um, manage your life, how you manage your relationships. Self-respect is a huge key. Self-respect is something that, um, I feel like a lot of women actually grapple with be- or wrestle with because, uh, certain, certain life situations, um, and events have maybe communicated a low worth low value and that's what the devil will do so regardless of your story um maybe something you can be asking yourself is how much self-respect do I really have when I um first moved to Norway uh, this is funny that I'm talking about elegance because if you looked at my wardrobe you would think what this woman hasn't got very many things uh, and, you know, <laughs> in the pursuit of uh, a look that I'm going for, I have had to pace myself because, you know, I don't have uh, the financial resources to just click my fingers and have all my dream clothes all of a sudden. But I, I've taken on a, a like a practical um, plan because when I first came to Norway, I I was so not prepared for winter. I was so not prepared for the fact that winter lasts for more than six months here. I mean, a Norwegian would disagree with me, but as an Australian, it's like you get one month of two months, three months of spring, and then it's cold all the time. Uh, And so I just wasn't prepared for that. And I scrambled uh, whatever I could get, you know, um, hand-me-downs. Sweaters from, sec- from secondhand stores and just whatever. I didn't care about how I looked anymore. I just wore what I could to survive. And also, I like had no income when we first moved here. I was a total missionary uh, and living by faith. And so I just didn't really put much effort into dressing, especially in winter. I just put no effort into how I looked. And then I challenged myself December last year, winter, to have a whole month of dressing with intention. So not not um, buying new things, but actually looking at what I have already and like pairing pieces together with intention as if each piece was valuable to me because I wanted to communicate to myself that I am worth the, this attention. I'm worth this um, self-care. And uh, so everything from my watch to my rings to the earrings that I wore that day, I put on with great intentionality. Like, oh, these pants will go perfectly with this sweater. Lovely. Oh, how how wonderful. Just, you know, not that I had great clothes, but I wore them intentionally. And then I also got more creative with how I wore them, how I... Um, you know, piece things together and took a whole month of doing that. And I actually documented most of that on my Instagram feed to hold me accountable. Uh, they're all gone now, by the way, deleted them. And in that time I was, um, researching how can I create the look that I want without spending much money and certain things that I discovered was, um, you know, keeping to neutrals, black, white, Navy, um, cream, beige, So I began to only purchase clothes in those colors and I'm still doing that. I'm still building my wardrobe. It's like, I think I started a year ago and I began to just simplify what I wear. You know, I was maybe like a black turtleneck with the Navy um, slacks and some black boots, you know, nothing crazy, just like, really drawing it back and starting to piece things together that communicate a level, a certain level of, you know, self-respect and elegance uh, without having to spend money and to help me mainly connect with myself. And I actually noticed that as I did this, the way I lived in other areas began to shift. I actually wanted to eat healthier than usual and I was working out at the gym more. Like I was actually paying pr- the price to to love my body really well and respect myself really well. And in that time, I was also talking a lot with the Lord about um, about this issue and realizing, oh wow, I could really grow in the area of self respect. So um, yeah, so that was a season for me of um, connecting kind of joining the dots between modesty, self-respect, uh, elegance, and simplicity. And not needing to buy so much stuff just to feel good about how I look, you know? Sometimes I did that in the past. I spent so much money on cheap, tacky clothes that in the moment I thought, oh, I need this, you know? This will make me look better, this will make me feel better. But really, you don't need all this stuff. And it's much. It's just so much more worth spending less or saving more to purchase items that maybe cost more will last longer, but are elegant and timeless and um, that you can you can wear for a long time. So I've been on this slow slow um, wardrobe reconstruction, and um, yeah. And so one thing I. Realize, I love to observe the wealthy class um, because I think that as Christians we can learn a lot from them. Not in um, not in greed or you know accumulating many things, but in the way that they hold themselves and respect themselves and clothe themselves. And because I believe there's quite a there's a very um, there's a good link between a wealthy mindset. And a kingdom mindset. Does does this mean that Christians should all be wealthy? I mean, sure, in heaven we will all be wealthy. But on this earth, whether we, I think, I'm not. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel, just to clarify, because I think whether we have everything or nothing, we can still be content, and that's what Paul preached in Philippians, and that's what I live and continue to grow in. Is just my physical, um, material things don't. Add to my happiness or security. I don't need that, you know. Um, And if I have nothing and I'm a missionary in another country, or if I'm in a season of a flourishing business and I have everything, I can be content. So I'm not talking about your material things, but I'm talking about how you view the world, how you view your voice, you know, the the impact of your voice on society, and how you dress, specifically how you dress in this conversation. Um, But I was listening to this woman who was kind of – she's she's not a Christian. She's training women to behave and dress like elite, uh, upper-class, wealthy women um, with a purpose of uh, <laughs> winning a wealthy husband. So I am not going to preach that because that is uh, <laughs> not quite what we stand for. But what I do appreciate is her um, unpacking of the wealthy mindset – and one thing she said was, you know, women, if you wear anything that's revealing, too tight, uh, or like contextually wrong, you know, like she was saying, you don't wear your active wear when you go to the cinema. You wear your active wear at the gym. You know, like when we when we um, respect certain social etiquette, uh, clothing rules, if I can call it that, we are communicating to the people around us a respect, and also to ourselves a respect. And um, when we, as she was saying, wealthy people don't flaunt their bodies around because that communicates sort of. She uses the word cheap, uh, cheapness, <laughs> that that is just below the standard of the wealthy. And I've been thinking about that because I've seen, like, you know, there are wealthy people who definitely flaunt their bodies, but these kinds of wealthy people are more like, um, let's call them social media influencers or people who got famous quickly, like, you know, pop stars. These people totally flaunt their bodies around. But if you look at families of wealth, people who have had wealth in their family for a long time, and people who are, um, you know, noble or, you know, have nobility in their blood or just, you know, coming from families of wealth, they're not so likely to be walking down the street in active wear or in fabrics that are going to fall apart in a few months or just reveal their body parts, you know, because they, they have this respect for their self and they have this elegance and this cl- classiness. So what am I saying here? I'm I'm just honestly externally processing with you about how how we want to present ourselves, how we want to look in society. I think you're worth looking your best, you know? I think you're worth covering your vulnerable and precious sacred body parts. <laughs> and I think you're worth um, honoring the people around you as well because you are a queen or a princess, you are royalty you are a royal priesthood which does give us a certain, a certain responsibility of bringing God's kingdom to the world and his beauty to the world and his nobility in the way we carry ourselves. I'm not communicating uh, that we need to be incredibly wealthy, excessively wealthy, and have all these great um, expensive clothing. No, that's not my message. You don't need to be wealthy to dress elegantly. It's more of a a perspective in in how you dress yourself and what what clothing you choose when you buy new outfits. What motivates you to buy that thing? Um, And if you're the kind of woman that likes to just buy whatever's on sale because, and not even to wonder if this is a style that you like, you know, I'd love to challenge you to next time you shop, think long-term, you know. Is this actually long-term? Is this going to last long? Is this fabric going to just fall apart after I've washed it a few times or... Maybe just think about this. Take it with your conversations with the Lord. And um, yeah, I would love to just encourage you to think this through. And also if you're a woman who tends to wear more revealing clothes, just ask yourself, is this the message I want to convey? Um, Because you can do something about it. We We are more... Mm, we, are, we, have more, we can control more things than we realize. And I think one of the areas that we often overlook is how we present ourselves to society. Um, and this wasn't supposed to be such a deep conversation, actually. I was just going to externally process about my wardrobe with you. <laughs> um, but let's take this a little deeper, you know. It's really good to slow down in life and ask ourselves why we do what we do. And um, even think about what image you want to give to the world. And this is not about creating a reputation. But you know who you are as God's daughter. Does your clothing communicate that as well? You know, one thing I'll, I'll maybe end with this. But I love this movie from Disney, Enchanted. It's a cute little... Um, movie about a cartoon Disney princess who falls into real life, and she behaves in such a way that is really embarrassing to the man that is kind of um, hosting her, because she lives like a little Disney princess, and he's very rational and very unromantic. And but you watch how her beauty and her royal princess mind or heart begins to color in the world that she lives in and what she carries you know it restores a marriage and it brings like romance back into people's hearts and people come alive again and um hearts are mended and healed and it's I personally when I first saw this movie I thought what a great example of what it means to be a woman of God you know we come from this other world. We come from this other culture, this kingdom of God culture. And we, w- once it's alive within us, we get to bring that out to the world. And we do that in so many ways. Um, and I think what I'm talking about here with the whole elegance thing fits in with this thought of. Presenting ourselves as royal, as royalty, and it's not a snobby thing, you know. Um, I heard someone say, "As Christians, we should lead with the heart of a servant and serve with the heart of a king." I love that. We lead with the heart of a servant. We serve with the heart of a king. How does a king serve? A king serves in a way that he doesn't need recognition. He's already the king. He serves because he wants to. He lays, He's laying him his life down for others. But he knows in his heart he's a king. And then he doesn't behave like a pauper. He behaves with a certain nobility and self-respect. And then we lead... As servants, we lead from the bottom. So, just some thoughts, honestly. This uh, podcast is more of a external process and throwing a few things out there. I'd love to hear what you think about um, about what I've shared. You know, do you like to dress elegantly? Is elegance something you pursue? I would love to con- uh, to encourage you to pursue elegance or think about elegance in your life and how you can incorporate it into your dress, into your conversations, into the way you behave, uh, because you're worth it. You are a nobility. You are a royal daughter of God. So that's all I have time for today. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts, and, and I hope my little ramble made some sense to somebody out there. <laughs> have a beautiful week, and we'll see you next time.